0: Hi everyone, this is Mayan. First of all, I'd like to wish all mothers a very happy Mother's Day. In particular, I want to take this opportunity to honour three mothers in my life. The first is my own mum, Linda. She would have been here in Melbourne if not because of the travel ban. Um, To me, she is the example of love, sacrifice and compassion. I also want to honour my mother-in-law, Peggy Ong. Many of you know that her love for the Word of God is infectious. It inspires me to also dig into the Word of God for myself, for my own life. And I also want to honor Auntie Eve. She is the wife of our founding pastor, Pastor Roland. Um, Auntie Eve is very passionate about the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit. She helped me um, open up my eyes to the exciting unseen realm where many spiritual battles are fought. And one. You know, when I look at some of the words spoken over my life um, by various speakers, I know that it is not an accident that God has placed these three women in my life, and for that, I'm very, very grateful. And I really want to honor three of you today. Um, I also want to um, shout out to the um, mother, to mothers of um, the older generation. You know what? I am so um, grateful that we are in a multi-generational church because many of us are standing um, on the shoulder of um, this strong foundation that you have laid before us. And if not um, for you, we won't be where we are today. And to all the other moms like me who have um, children that still require our unending labor of love and guidance, hang in there. I know there is a lot of joy and sorrow in raising children, Um, but... You know, molding and building the next generation is such a worthwhile calling. And I'm sure in due time, we will reap our rewards. And to the younger ladies out there who are not yet a mom or who have very young children, I pray that our ceiling is your floor and that you will um, be bolder and more courageous mothers and do greater exploits for our God in your motherhood. And lastly, I want to um, acknowledge that while Mother's Day is a day of celebration for many, it can also be a painful and difficult day for some. And I ask God for his greater measure of comfort and grace upon you at this time. Okay, now to kickstart my message, I want to show you this timeless video. So we have this family tradition that we have started many years ago. Um, every Christmas, each family member will handpick a Christmas ornament to add to our Christmas tree. So our Christmas tree started with a lot of generic round uh, bobbles that we just bought from like Kmart or Target. But over the years, um, all these round bobbles are replaced by unique handpicked um, Christmas ornaments that each of us have selected. And, and then we put up our Christmas tree, as you can see, in November last year. We were very excited about doing that because it's the first time uh, we're putting up our Christmas tree in our new home. Um, and we get all the family together. We, you know, even did a time-lapse video. Many of you have seen that video um, and have liked it. And some of you, when you came to my house, you even take photos um, in front of the Christmas tree. You know, when it's done, it, it's like it's full to the brim with, like, gorgeous ornaments. It just looks so good. Um, but... What you never saw was what happened to that Christmas tree three days after we have put it up. Here's a photo of it. Yep. You see, we were so caught up with um, putting all our, you know, hand-picked ornaments on it and putting all the lights and making it beautiful and gorgeous. We have totally neglected the foundation. So what happened was, um, we were putting our Christmas tree up and then um, our house has this really high ceiling and then we wanted to make the tree looked more you know significant make it look taller and more imposing so then we put it on an an empty box um and then we just you know quickly put the cloth away and, and put and, and all of us lifted the Christmas tree on top and then we just left it at that, at, at that no one gave further thought um, to it but the thing is, you know, the Christmas tree did not go from upright like that to horizontal. Actually, within that three days, it went more and more like that, like that. It looked more and more like the Tower of Pisa. But we just, you know, like re- rearrange it a little bit at the foundation. Um, it didn't, we didn't even think of, of changing the box underneath. We just thought that, oh, you know what? It will settle. It will settle. And then after a while, it will be fine. And then as you can see that was what happened so when it collapsed and crashed so many of our you know hand-picked um unique ornaments um were destroyed because some of them were made of, of glass we have expensive ones from like Disney world um they just were broken in pieces so when i was preparing this message um, i asked god for something relevant that will help us prepare and navigate through this season of, um, you know, shaking, and this came to mind. So we're talking about building um, strong foundations today. So foundations are not something we naturally pay attention to because they are unseen. You know, when we go look uh, at a house, our attention is caught up with what the house looks like, right? Like, is it beautiful? How big it is? Um, how many bedrooms it has, uh, what's the finishing like, we rarely spare thought for how strong the foundation is. Unless of course if you're Uncle Quinn Hock or Michael Ting or you know a few others. Yet if we were to ask any architect or engineer um, or, or house builder, they'd tell us that foundation is one of the most important things when we build a house. A building can only be as tall or as big or as stable as the foundation can support. Today's message is anchored on Psalm 11, verse 3. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? So, just a quick background on the Psalm. We all know the David and Goliath story. You know, David um, killed Goliath with um, his sling and a stone. So after David killed Goliath, he began serving Saul. Um, And there was a celebration after he killed Goliath. The women were singing and dancing and they sang. Um, Saul killed his thousands and David killed his ten thousands. Um, And as David's success grew over the years, Saul became very jealous of David and he sought to kill him. And David um, had been on the run for many years from King Saul. Um, And and that's the context of this psalm. So let's read from verse 1. In the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee like a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They have fitted their arrow to the string to shoot in the dark at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? You see, David's well-meaning friend were advising him to leave, to hide, to run away. Because the foundations of law and order were destroyed, David could no longer rely on the foundations of justice and order under King Saul's reign, because it was the king himself who was trying to kill him. Um, And David's friends were trying to be protective of David, so they asked him to hide, to run away. Um, But listen to how David responded. He says, um, and he tells his friend this, You asked me to run for refuge, but I'm telling you, the Lord is my refuge, my fortress, my safety. It didn't matter that the nation the nation's foundation under King Saul were not reliable because um, the righteous relied on the Lord. David's life was rooted on a different foundation, which is the Lord. In essence, David is saying to his friend, "What can't the righteous do? Even if the natural foundations were destroyed, We, the righteous, can do something because our refuge, our fortress, is in the Lord. We are living in a season where everything is being shaken. You know, the COVID-19 phenomenon has been prophesied before its time, and we've seen that um, from the video that Uncle Ronan showed last week. It is not a surprise to God, and he's not unprepared and even though the psalm is describing the foundations of law and order of the nation of Israel under King Saul, it is still relevant to what we are going through at this time. Because we are seeing so many foundational things in our lives being shaken. Our families, our finances, and our freedom. And what shaking does is that it reveals um, faulty foundations. So shaking reveals faulty foundations foundations. Foundations are not seen, right? So the only way we can tell if our foundation is solid or shaky is to watch for signs of stress on the thing we put on top of it. When things are being shaken, only those that are bolted to a strong foundation remain. Those that are not will show cracks or even collapse. I know this is true of many of us during this um, season of social distancing. Isolation is causing strains on family relationships between husbands and wife, between siblings. Um, It's causing our economy to come to a crawl, threatening livelihoods, um, stretching our finances. It is cutting off our emotional support um, and leaving many of us emotionally and mentally drained. We are all being shaken and this shaking reveals the condition of the foundations of our lives. Some are discovering that their foundations are somewhat solid, but there are others who are realizing that, you know what, there are faults my, on my foundations. It's important also to note that um, when there's a crack on a building, it's common to patch it up and paint it over to make it look beautiful again and to make it look like it's never there in the first place. Um, you know, If a crack is small, it is easily fixed. And if the foundations are not uh, faulty, if it's sound, those easy fixes are sufficient for repair. But in some cases, the cracks keep recurring in different parts of the building. And um, each time they grow bigger and deeper, Um, And then when shaking or strong wind comes, when heavy rain falls and and, and strong wind pelts at the building, um, washing away the soil around it, the stability and integrity of the building um, is compromised. And like I said, there are many of us who are experiencing the effects of this shaking. You know, in our church, there's an increased need for pastoral care and counsel. A friend told me that there is um, increased incidence of teen suicides and domestic violence. Beyond Blue has seen an increase of um, 30% of calls since before the pandemic. If our foundation's um, is um, not solid, this shaking will leave us in a state of confusion, anxiety, anger, or simply at a loss of knowing what to do or how to move forward. One thing is certain though, Quick superficial fixes of patching and painting over um, are not enough to repair a faulty foundation. This time, this season calls for a different response. This is a time for the costly and laborious work of rebuilding the foundations of our life. But what does that look like? Um, And you know, what does that even mean? Um, Before we go and explore those, we're gonna take a short break to check on the families and kids who are building the fort at home. So over to Harold. So earlier on, we spoke about the importance of foundations um, and how shaking can show us the condition of our foundations. We also uh, talked briefly about how a faulty foundation cannot be fixed by quick superficial fixes and then the only way to repair it is to rebuild and our anchor verse is from psalm um, 11 verse 3 if the foundations are destroyed what can the righteous do who are these righteous it is you and me it is everyone who confessed jesus as their lord and savior we are righteous not because of our own ability. We are righteous because Jesus imputed righteousness to us when He died on, our, when he died on the cross, um, paying the penalty of our sin and shame. And then He rose again on the third day um, and reconciled us to God. So now we can stand righteous before our King. Now, if today you're listening and you do not have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you do not have Jesus as your firm foundation, today is a good day to do so. And if you would like to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, um, after the service, you can go to fgam.org.au slash lobby. Um, one of our pastors, we more than happy to walk you through it. And I'm sure you know, your family member or friend who, um, who who is a Christian would be more than happy to walk you through it as well. So, what can we, the righteous, do when our life foundations are destroyed? And I put it to you that the first thing we need to do is to recognize that God is sovereign, even in the shaking. When we truly believe that He is in control, we can have a peace that goes beyond our natural circumstances. We can be assured of these three things. First, we can trust Him. Second, he has a purpose for our lives, even in this shaking and third, he will help us achieve that purpose So how do we build a strong faith foundation? Number one, trusting God You know during this remote learning uh, season There are times when Grace would need help with some difficult math problem like Chris and I we're always keen to give it a go but We're both not very good at maths. Um, I'm a bit better than Chris, but we're still not very good. So every time we uh, help Grace, we can never be sure if we're doing it correctly or if the answer is actually correct until she submitted. And then you're like, oh, waiting to see if it's right or wrong. Um, But when Rachel comes along to help, Chris and I can just safely go, oh, yeah, yeah, you know what? Listen to Rachel. Whatever she teaches you will be right and the answer will be correct. Now, Chris and I can can safely say that. Because we know that Rachel is very proficient in maths um, and that, you know, she would know exactly what to do for a year seven uh, math, more so than Chris and I. It's a little bit like that with trusting God, but immeasurably more. Um, When we know that someone who is highly proficient with an awesome track record in handling a problem We know that we can safely leave the problem in their hands. So we know that God has an awesome track record with our lives. And we can be assured that we can trust Him during this season when we're discovering that some of our life foundations are faulty. I did a Bible study plan recently, and it led me through all the characteristics of God that show just how trustworthy He is. Um, you know, he's the perfect love. He's perfectly good and wise. He's perfectly holy and faithful, perfectly righteous and just. He is our perfect peace and he has perfect power. Now, if you're finding it difficult to trust him in the midst of your pains and fears, I'd highly recommend that. Go dig deep into the Word of God, study His character, and you'll find that He is truly a trustworthy God. You know, that was me. And digging into the Word of God to study His character has helped me lay a strong foundation of trust in the Lord. You know, when the best of humanity are at a loss um, at how to proceed and navigate through this calamity, God knows perfectly what to do because He is God. I just want to acknowledge that, you know, the math problem analogy doesn't even skim the surface of what some of you are going through. And I don't want to trivialize the pain and the pressure you might be under. But I know our God is bigger than any adversity we can be facing. Um, And because he loves us so much and his love is perfect, we can be assured that he has a good outcome planned. You know, I once heard a speaker say this, it is supernatural to trust God. It is more natural to trust ourselves, to protect ourselves, to take matters in our own hands, but it is supernatural to trust God. Back in Psalm 11, you know David um, is on the run um, because uh, King Saul is trying to kill him. It would be so natural for David to run and hide and at times um, he's been doing that. You know, I mean, at at times he did that, he's been doing that for years. Um, But there is a massive difference between being shaken and rocked to the core that we lose trust in God, then, um, and versus taking um, precautionary steps to stay safe. Even though David ran and hid for years, he never once lost trust in the Lord. In fact, in verse four, let's see what he says: "The Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord." throne is in heaven. He was saying to his friends that even in the midst of my pain and fear, God is still on his throne. He still reigns. He still rules. He's still in control and no one and nothing is above him. God is calling us and encouraging us and nudging us to go beyond our comfort zone of recoiling and protecting ourselves So that we can step into the supernatural, that is to trust Him. It's not going to be easy. Uh, It's a bit of a journey. And if you are a mom with older uh, children or teenagers or young adults, whether you know it or not, you would have already started on the journey. You know, it's quite akin, the journey uh, to motherhood. I remember when I uh, first had my kids when they were really young. Before that I even gave birth to them, I would have you know, read up on how to uh, best feed them, what markets to look for to ensure that um, I know they are uh, uh, developing well, growing well. Um, and I you know, fully trust those information and, and fully trust my own ability and capability to provide for them, to care for them, because I was in complete control of their life. But of course, as they grow older over time that control begin to diminish and I can no longer rely on that control and my own ability as they um, come, become of age and, and when they exert their own control, their own freedom. I've had to change and, and and rely more and more on the Lord, trusting the Lord. I've had to do this where I release and let go and put their lives, something so precious, so precious to us, like all mothers, right? The kids are precious. Releasing something so precious into the hand of God, trusting God with them. Yep. so it's definitely a journey. It's not easy. It may take time, but we can be assured that we can trust God. Point number two, he has a purpose even during this time. You know, when we go through trials and difficult times, God does not intend to leave us in the lurch. That's not His intention. He hasn't forsaken us, even though sometimes it can feel like that. Trials and adversities can be motivators to help us build stronger, surer foundations. Pastor Roland um, taught briefly on the two house builders from Matthew, one who built on um, a rock, and the other one on the sand. When the storm came, the one built on the rock remained, and the house built on the sand collapsed. And some of us may be um, in that situation, in you know, the, the things that we built, um, that we never knew it was built on sand, but then now in this shaking, we found that, oh man, it, it, it's cracked and, and, and even collapsed. But I want to encourage you with this. The collapse of what is built on sand may be distressing. But it can also be the beginning of a journey of building something stronger on the right foundation. I'm going to read that again. The collapse of what is built on sand may be distressing. But it can also be the beginning of a journey to building on the right foundation. You know, if we are discovering in this season of storm and shaking that some of our um, foundations a little bit faulty, uh, perhaps on sand, built on sand. Um, we can take this time to really repent of our old ways, of old ways of doing things um, and begin anew on the right foundation. Um, because God, during this season, He's He's preparing us. He wants us to be new wineskin, prepared for the new wine He's going to pour up. You know, James... 1 verse 2 to 4, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And steadfastness has its full effect. When it has its full effect, you will be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. You know, this testing teaches us to persevere and wait patiently for the Lord, for his deliverance, and to trust him in the midst of a trial. And it says here again, let the steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. The Lord is encouraging us to anticipate the good outcome of these trials um, and persecutions and adversities. He wants us to emerge stronger, prepared, stable, and new. So we must discern his purpose and yield to the work of his hands because he alone holds the blueprints of that solid foundation that he wants us to build. Moving on to the third point, um, quick summary. How do we build a strong foundation? First, to trust God. Trust God. He is trustworthy. Second, discern that he has a purpose for our lives even in this shaking. And the third one. Because he has a purpose and he is trustworthy, we can rely for him, on him to help us. He is our help. He will help us. Psalm 121 says, I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Keep our eyes trained on him in the midst of this frenzy. Because He has the answer to everything we need in life. I'd like to share with you a testimony on how the Lord prepared me um, to navigate through this season. In January, I started a fast. And in the midst of that fast, I had a dream. And I believe the dream was from the Lord. It's not a very complicated dream. It's very simple. Um, I saw a family in our big red car, the car that we've had for many years, um, just driving. Um, on the road uh, at night in a dimly lit road. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary. It, it just looked like, you know, any other night that when our family go out for dinner or something like that. Um, we were just driving, but then all of a sudden, a cyclist dashed out onto our path. Now, this cyclist, it was really hard to see him because um, he was wearing a black bandana, black mask, he's dressed fully in black. And his bicycle, it was like, it seemed like it was intentionally painted black. Everything is black. He blended in so well, so stealthily um, in the darkness. And then when we saw that, of course, you know, I saw the word stop and we slammed our brake and, you know, we came to a stop. And then, then the scene changed and the Lord showed me the front um, of my red car. And then it showed that our headlights, were not turn on. And immediately, the verse came to mind. Um, the verse that says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and light unto my path. You know, God is speaking many things through that dream, and but this is one thing. There's an enemy lurking in the dark, waiting for every opportunity to pound, to bring harm, to cause us to crash, to derail us, from our destination to bring calamity to our lives, and he um, is intentionally hidden so that we cannot see him. And the only way we can see him in advance, to know where he's lurking, to plan and prepare for this, um, for for any imminent attack, is to have a, is to have the word of God, is to have our headlight, which is the word of God, on all the time. Now. You know, um, when we drive at night uh, in the natural, right, um, we, would never, we would never think that it would be safe to drive without headlights on at night. We may forget to do it occasionally, and I've done that before, um, but we would never intentionally do it because we know it's dangerous. But yet, spiritually, so many of us are so comfortable navigating life without a good handle, a good grasp on the Word of God. You know, that dream has convicted me um, to be more diligent in studying the Word of God and to incline my ears, my spiritual ears, to hear what He's saying in this season because the Word of God is a a, a very powerful weapon for this season, for our protection and for our guidance. You know, if we don't have a good grasp on the word of God, if we um, don't have the word of God to help us um, see and navigate in this dark spiritual world, we won't be able to discern which is of the enemy and which is of God, which is good and which is um, of evil. And we um, don't know what God says about our circumstances if we don't have a good handle of it. And then we give heed to other voices in our lives, voices that tell us that will not overcome depression and it will come and disrupt our lives every now and then depending on what we're going through. Like that's not the voice of God. You know, there are voices that are telling us that our marriage is doomed because um, us or our spouse will never change or our prodigal kids will never find their way back to God. But you know what? Those are not the voices of God. That's not what the voice of God says. And you know, whose voice are we listening to when we feel like we are inadequate or worthless and constantly have to um, prove ourselves just to be loved and accepted. That's not what the Word of God says about us. Have we looked at what the Word of God says about us lately in our circumstances? We need to have a good handle on the Word of God. It's very important during this season. And we need to um, be able to use that to navigate through um, these times. And I just want to really encourage all of us, all of us, to um, prioritize time with God, studying His Word, listening to what He has to say to us. You know, I know what it's like to have these voices in my head that cause me to uh, doubt, to fear, and to intimidate me. But now, I'm learning what it's like when I trust what God says about me Um, and my circumstances and you can too and believe me it's so much better to listen to the voice of God and what he says about us and our circumstances than those other voices he's in the midst of our adversity and our trials ready to give us all the help we need and we must not forget this one thing he already has the victory and we can also have our victory in him, you know, in um, uh, in our eighteen thirty women's retreat, I think almost two years ago, it was our first one, hopefully not our last. Um, during worship, I saw a vision of wet cement being stirred and stirred and stirred. I had no idea what it meant when I saw it, and then when I shared um, to to the ladies there, one of them said, "It's wet cement. It's wet cement. The wet cement is for laying of new foundations." So God is ready to work with you and me to pour a new solid foundation for our lives. No I mean a solid foundation that can withstand the shakings, the pressures, and the storm. And to conclude, I want to leave you with this. It's from Psalm 138, verse eight. God will perfect that which concerns me, concerns you. Because your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. God will ultimately bring to completion the work He has lovingly and mercifully begun in us. No matter what horrible situations we are in right now or what faulty foundations we are discovering if we are committed to pursuing His purposes for our lives. Before I end, I'd just like to pray for all of us and the mothers as well. If you can join me, bow our heads, and I'll start praying. Father, I want to thank you, Lord God, for this special day, Father. I want to thank you, Lord God, for assuring us, Father, that you are here with us, that you are sovereign, Father, that you hold all things in your hand and you're in control, Father God. Thank you, Lord God, for encouraging us, Lord God, to trust you, Father, for showing us, Lord God, that you are a trustworthy God, Father, for showing us, Lord God, that you have a purpose for this and you have a purpose for our lives, even during these times, Father God, that in the midst of our trials and tribulations, that we can look to you because that's where our help comes from. Thank you, Lord God, for being ever so ready, Lord God, to help us, Lord God, your arms are open wide to receive us, Father. Thank you, Lord God, for showing us, Father God, the importance of your word during this season, Father God, to listen, Lord God, not to those other voices that seek to cause doubt and fear and intimidation, but to hear from you, to know what your word says about us and our circumstances so that we can stand on firm, solid foundation, Father. Lord God, today I want to pray a prayer of blessing over all mothers, Father God, that may you, Lord God, bless the work of their hands, Father, that as we entrust um, our kids to you, Father God, that you um hold their lives in their hand and you direct them, Father God, just like what your word said, Father God, that may your word, Father, be a lamp unto their feet and a light unto their path, Father God, that as they are walking through this journey called life, Father God, that whatever path they choose, it will lead them back to you, Father. I pray, Father God, that you will give all mothers the desires of their hearts, Father God, as we continue to delight ourselves in you, Father. I want to thank you, Lord God, for your ever so loving, so merciful, and so gracious, Father, and so faithful. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. Back to Harold.